From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, combining topical and intracameral antibiotics. That's why I am not going to stop, and I did not stop using topical antibiotics. As a result of the COVID-19 crisis, the 2020 annual meeting of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery could not be held as originally planned. I'm going to devote a number of podcast episodes to speakers who had prepared presentations. Today, we hear from Bill Trattler on combining topical and intracameral antibiotics. Bill, I pride myself in practicing evidence-based medicine. There are a couple of really non-evidence-based things that, that, I, that I do, I confess. One of them is um, for patients who are at higher risk for CME, I will put them on, like diabetic patients, I will put them right. on an NSAID for 90 days after cataract surgery. There really isn't evidence to, to back that, that practice up, and I recognize it, and that's one of the violations of my tenant of evidence-based medicine. <laughs> a, a, a second and probably more, more serious one is I am 100% with the evidence that intracameral moxifloxacin uh, and, and other antibiotics have been shown too, are effective and safe uh, for uh, use during cataract surgery. I don't do it um, because uh, in my market, that's not the standard of care yet, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit chicken. Um, so I, I, I want to know when I start doing it, because for sure it's a when. Does that mean that I then don't have them use topical drops? And if I don't have them use topical drop, excuse me, if I do have them use topical drops, is there any sense in my using a depot steroid, which would allow them to not use topical steroid drops afterwards? Because it's all part of a, of a compliance philosophy. These are great questions. And uh, one of the exciting things for us is that we continue to learn about new technologies and new treatments to help our patients undergoing cataract surgery to get better outcomes to reduce their risk of having complications. You mentioned the risk of CME. We're also talking about the, you know, reducing the risk of infection. And I think the clear uh, information is that intracamel antibiotics, whether it's moxifloxacin, cefuroxime, uh, or other antibiotics, seem to be helpful at lowering the risk for infection. And that's our goal. I mean, the last thing we want is when we're doing cataract surgery and trying to restore someone's vision is to get an infection, which could potentially lead to serious loss of vision. Uh, no matter what we do, there's still going to always be a risk, but we can try to do everything in our power to lower it. And intracamel antibiotics seem to, from various studies, seem to be helpful at further lowering uh, the infection for in most clinical trials I've seen. So for me, I was pretty excited to get the opportunity, and it took us a couple years. But finally, uh, finally, our surgery center about, I guess it's almost two years ago, and allowed us to start using intracamel antibiotics. And all the surgeons at our center uh, slowly but eventually have all opted to use intracamel antibiotics. And that's and we've actually have seen even a further reduction uh, in the risk of infection by adding in intracamel antibiotics. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm sold. I, 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 I have to take the plunge uh, I, and, and I will. So, but for those patients, how do I manage them postoperatively? Right, so that's a great question. So even though two years ago I started with the intracamel antibiotics, I was concerned about not continuing on topical antibiotics. On the downside, we don't have any 
wonderful studies that prove that topical antibiotics in, in and around cataract surgery actually lower the risk of endophthalmitis. I wish we had studies we don't, but we've been doing it for years and we feel that it's helpful and we're often nervous about stopping. But there's another reason why, which often doesn't get brought, off, brought up as to why I'd be worried. And that is that we know that anytime there's an incision in the cornea, there's a risk for that cornea to get infected. So if you have, if you have caused an abrasion like in PRK, if someone has a corneal abrasion, you're putting them on a topical antibiotic, and we do cataract surgery, make an incision in the cornea, and there's a potential spot where an infection can occur. And if you do 100 cases, maybe you'll be okay, but if you get to 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, however many cases you're gonna do over your many years, you may get to a point where you're gonna to start to get some infections because that incision will is at risk for getting infected. So it may not lower our risk for endophthalmitis, but it will help us reduce our chance for getting a superficial corneal infection. So that's why I am not gonna stop and I did not stop using topical antibiotics. Also, our patients are on topical anti-inflammatory drops, so our immune system may not be as effective. So I wouldn't want to use only steroid drops and not an antibiotic, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, of course it does. This was not the subject uh, of uh, this this conversation, but I have to bring it up because it it's it's part of the whole package. Um, do do you use depot canalicular steroids or, or, or other steroids so that patients don't have to use uh, anti-inflammatory drops afterwards. And would, if you were to do that, would that change your opinion about using topical antibiotics since at that point that would be the only medication that, that, the, that the patient's on? Great. That, that's a great question, Josh. You always ask excellent questions. Well, first of all, I'm sure where there's two new technologies that are available that are FDA approved for a reduction of inflammation in and around cataract surgery. One is called DexEQ and the other is called Dexenza. And they can, both can be used and that can both be used instead of using topical drops, topical steroid drops, you can just use one of those two technologies and avoid topical drops uh, for steroids. A third option, as you mentioned, is a injection of a steroid into the subconjunctival space that can also slow release infl uh, anti-inflammatory you know, steroid medication. And that's been promoted by a number of ophthalmologists um, as another option. So there are actually many options available for, for eliminating the need for patients to use topical steroids uh, in and around cataract surgery. I've not adopted any of those methods completely. I'm excited to try DexEQ. I've had a chance to try Dexenza. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting more experience with all three options. But right now I'm still using drops uh, for my patients. How long do you keep your, your patients on antibiotic drops post-cataract surgery? Is it, is it typically three or four days till the, till the epithelium's healed? Well, that's a great question. You know, in the past, um, when I wasn't using intracameral antibiotics, I followed a study where they found that there was actually a dual um, peak of infections. There were some early infections, but some as late as 10 days. So I started and uh, I changed my regimen back when that study came out to um, to run for full 10 days of, of topical antibiotic treatments. Um, I haven't changed yet, but I, it makes sense that if the epithelium's healed, the patient already has intracaramel antibiotics on board, we may not need to continue our topical antibiotics beyond the time of the epithelial healing. Um, so that is a great point, and perhaps one thing I could do is shorten my course of topical antibiotics. Bill, there is no FDA-approved um, moxifloxacin for, that is on label for intracameral use yet, I, I believe, unless there's news. Um, so what, what, what do you do? Okay, that's a great question. So we, the only available options are compounded uh, 
antibiotics that can be used intracameralyzed. So you have to uh, basically identify a reputable compounding pharmacy um, and then acquire the topic, the intracameral antibiotic of your choice. Uh, there are many options that are out there. I won't name all the names, but there, uh, some advertise, others may be local, but you have to feel really comfortable because you're actually injecting this antibiotic inside the eye. So you want to make sure it's, you know, it's properly formulated, it's sterile, and they've gone through all the appropriate testing. Because there's a risk, there's been errors that have been made over the years where it's been the wrong concentration, uh, or there's been some other toxicity with those intracameral medications that have led to serious vision loss. So um, you have to be exceptionally careful that you you're, can trust whoever you're purchasing these, the compounded medication from that they're going to give you the right uh, dose, the right amount, perfectly sterile every single time. Because um, you know, what we're doing here is trying to help our patients. The last thing we want is for patients to have an adverse outcome when we're trying to actually help them. Generic topical moxifloxacin is preserved, but Vigamox brand is not preserved. I know that there are some ophthalmologists who are using Vigamox intracamerally. Is is that an acceptable thing to 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 have done? Yes. So I know that I have some colleagues that have their patients purchase Vigamox ahead of time. They bring it to the surgery center and they dilute it um, to a certain amount, apply it intracamerally. Um, and then have the patient continue that same bottle for a number of days postoperatively. So I've definitely heard of my colleagues using that. Um, it's not the way that our surgery center works, so it wouldn't be an option at our center. It all depends on the rules and regulations within your, your a, a doctor's particular surgery center. Um, so we just, uh, at our center, we felt it would be best to use a uh, compounding pharmacy that we felt really comfortable with, um, and then that could provide that same medication to every patient at the center. It would always be the exact same concentration, the same amount, and could really help our patients consistently uh, for a large volume of patients. Bill, this is wonderful stuff. I'm 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 really glad that 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 you there you know there 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 aren't many conversations that I have with ophthalmologists that actually make me feel guilty. This is one of them. Um, so because I I recognize that the evidence is that 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 this is something that I should be doing. Um, I you shouldn't feel guilty. I mean I think that there's it's still a, you know a challenge because we don't have an FDA approved. Um, you know, medication yet. So it's definitely off-label. There's a risk with compounding. Nothing is risk-free. So I definitely, you know, it was a step to take it, but there's still risk. Like there's trepidation, even though I know I'm doing the right thing, there's concern. What if the compounding pharmacy gives me the wrong concentration? There's still that risk. I still think I'm doing the right thing, which is why we've gone that direction. But I definitely respect the United States. There's no requirement to use this. It's just a, a decision that pa doctors will make with their patients or within their own center as what is best and most comfortable for them. Bill, this is wonderful stuff. I, I as as always, I, I want to thank you. Uh, the listeners don't know, but for uh, your your flexibility uh, with the with the scheduling, uh, and of course, always with the generosity uh, of of your time with us. Always happy to help. Thank you. William Trattler practices at the Center for Excellence in Eye Care in Miami, Florida. Ask questions of Dr. Trattler or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.